The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, channel 156. Do you know who I am? Of course you do. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is WWE Hall of Famer, Bully Ray. And on today's episode, myself and the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer, discuss SmackDown Live and continue to react to what we saw in Las Vegas at AEW's Double or Nothing. Kofi Kingston took on Kevin Owens to open SmackDown, and we saw the 24-7 championship change hands. We'll tell you why it was a good idea to have the main event spotlight on that new championship. Also, as Brock Lesnar continues to hold on to the Money in the Bank briefcase, we discuss what his value is to the WWE right now. Plus, we'll talk about if All Elite Wrestling, after only one show, is truly an alternative to the WWE right now when it comes to the landscape of pro wrestling. All that and more right now. Bully Ray, Tommy Dreamer, taking you to the extreme right here on the Busted Open Podcast. Tommy, did you see SmackDown last night? Absolutely, I did my homework. Come on now. You sure? I did. I watched it all. all. I liked it. Uh, Top to bottom, what did you think of the whole show? I liked it. I thought it was a strong show. Um, You know, as always, we can dissect everything, but I did enjoy it. I did enjoy the main event. I did enjoy uh, how R-Truth kind of got into that whole segment. I'm a big R-Truth fan, and, you know, you think about longevity. Truth has had it for a long, long time in in WWE. I think he's doing, and you called it when everyone was hating on the uh, 24-7 title. You said it would be entertaining, and, you know, it is. And, uh, no, I enjoyed the whole show. Yes, there were matches where, you know, Kofi and Kevin Owens had a very, very good match. If it was, you know, to talk about, building to a title you knew the title wasn't going to change hands but that's kind of lost now in WWE programming but uh overall I thought it was a you know really really good show Shane is continuing to be a jerk which is you know good for television for Shane and I enjoyed the show at the end of the day Shane being a jerk though who do you think is eventually going to get over on him I mean are they saving him for Roman is that the reason why the Miz never got his day in court with Shane I would say Roman. I mean, they're facing each other in Saudi Arabia. I think uh, he will get his due. Roman beats everybody. Come on now. 
No, obviously, listen, Roman's the guy. He's been the guy. We've been talking about him f- for years now, um, and I think Roman and Shane can definitely work. And me and Dave were talking about the, the biggest thing about Roman and Shane is it keeps Roman away from the world championship, which is, I, which is, uh, is what I believe that fans want to see happen. I don't think they want to see Roman hanging around that championship for a while, not at least until the time is right. And I think the timing would be right once they're going into the Fox deal. What do you think? Yes. I mean, he's going to be a staple of that programming. And I feel the chase on the new network would be very, very cool television to watch. You know, it's also going to be on Friday nights, which for real television programs, that was always the death knell for your TV show once you got moved to Fridays. But SmackDown is going to be that staple for Fox, so they're going to, uh, they're going to go guns a-blazing. Were you shocked to see them introduce the 24-7 championship uh, into a main event on SmackDown already? Do you think it worked? I think they had to, and I because of the negative backlash that this title has always brought in. And you talk about, you know, when you have Mick Foley on the microphone and the fans are booing or disinterested, just, you know, this is what we're talking about. It's the times. They wanted to see something new. And, you know, the title is not the prettiest of titles. It looks like uh, an old uh, clock and or an old like rock and roll clock but it, they just it, it fell short and they wanted to see something big as well as you know you have talked about it it was Lance Storm who actually tweeted about it there's 11 titles in WWE and 14 people holding these titles so introducing another title into the picture really doesn't mean anything it just has to be an entertaining segment you don't for me if I have a title, I don't want people laughing or my my title to be the comical segment. But introducing it into the main event that they did is good. My only problem with it was if this title meant anything at all, Roman Reigns wouldn't have let another person score the pin. So it's like Roman Reigns supersedes that title, which means that title is a piece of poop. I, I get what you're saying. And, you know, you, you brought up that they have 11 championships right now. But if you look across the board, other than the Universal Championship and the WWE Championship, the 24-7 Championship right now has the most shine on it. It does. I mean, they, they, they've, they've, been, they've been featuring it probably more than they do there. I don't even know who the Intercontinental Champion is anymore. Alex? Uh, it's Finn Balor. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you haven't seen it right now because he's been out uh, since that Money in the Bank match where he took that crazy bump off the ladder. He's been kind of nursing an injury. You, you saw him speak a little bit. What on about that the U.S. title? Night. What's up with that? That is Samoa Joe, right? No, Ray it's is... Ray Mysterio, but he's well, going to have to relinquish it because of his injury. Hurt. Yeah. So the 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 mid, if you want to call the mid card belts, the mid card you know, championships right now are kind of in flux due to injury. That's kind of why you haven't seen a lot of them. And, and and I think it's interesting that people you know you know they hate this twenty four seven belt, but it, it's been featured so much, and I think they are doing it in an entertaining way. I got to tell you, last night when I saw Truth and Carmella hiding from Drake Maverick, and then when they ran out of the room and Carmella jumped on Truth's back, I was laughing my ass off. I enjoyed you it know? as well. 
you know, it, it, it's it's entertaining, and that's all it's supposed to be. And I thought they used it in the main event in a in a creative way, and, and it worked, and it was a fun moment. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156, or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Did you think Brock was entertaining the other night? And is that the version of Brock Lesnar? that you want to see and is Brock Lesnar more valuable to the WWE right now holding the beast in the bank briefcase or would he be more valuable as the universal champion well I can see just from that last that nice intro because I liked the music behind your voice as you were talking I wish we could do this for the entire show but if LaGreco's here he'd be singing the whole time uh I say the entertainment factor is we've seen a different side of Brock, him coming out. He's got his own briefcase. I'm not a big fan, me personally, of him with, like, dancing and all that stuff, but I'm sure as shit know one person who is, and that's probably Vince, and that's why he keeps on doing it. Because I could tell you a specific time when Christian and Jack Swagger were talking about facing me for the ECW title, they had totally paid no attention to me, and I started, like, strutting and doing stupid stuff in the background while they were talking. This was during rehearsal, and Vince loved it. And Vince goes, that's exactly what you're going to do when you're out there. And it got a lot of people talking. Uh, Me, personally, I like Brock being the beast. I like him being the monster, him coming out and doing and smiling and doing the, 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 it shows a different side of Brock. It is more of an entertaining side. I'm not a big fan of the music change, but I feel that if he uses this and then once he cashes that in and we hit his older music and he becomes that killer again, it is entertaining up until the point because everyone's just waiting for him to cash it in. So I like where we're at. I just don't like the newer version of Brock, but I could see who does. And hopefully he gets back that killer style because it's, I don't want to, nothing can hurt Brock, but it's uh, to me, not the Brock that I like to see. Do you remember years ago when Eddie, when Eddie was around and Brock came out and he had on like the Mexican sombrero and he came out with the maracas and he was kind of, mimicking Eddie and, and, you know, like the Latino music and everything like that. Yes. I mean, I, I found that entertaining. I, I don't know the other night. I, it kind of came off a little cheesy to me and I was shocked that so many people on social media who always bitch and moan and complain about Brock were actually liking this version of Brock. And it, and it just, it, 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 it kind of shows you the bizarro world we live in in pro wrestling sometimes, especially in the WWE. Like, I, I'm not going to say that the, the, the segment was bad by any means. And I, and I guess it was entertaining to an extent, but uh, it just came off weird. I mean, that's not the version of Brock and Paul that I know. And going outside the box is, is great. And showing that entertaining side of Brock is great. But I don't know. It, it was just a little... Did it come off cheesy to you? Like I said, I don't like... 
I mean, a boombox reference in 2019. There's a lot of people that don't even understand what a boombox is. Yeah, right. That's a great point. As well as having, you know, the 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 money in the bank case look like a boombox. I mean, that those are old old references. Uh, him, it's kind of him being a little condescending, but Brock smiling, Brock all that stuff. It does. It's I know that's Brock that I know. That's Brock that you know. We have a pretty decent relationship with Brock. We're one of, probably one of the few people he actually likes. Um, and, but I don't think it translates to Brock the killer. So. I tell you what I do love. I do love the fact that he has the money in the bank briefcase because I think for the first time that briefcase is being presented in a different way. Normally it's about whoever has the briefcase is chasing a champion. Now we see Seth Rollins and Kofi Kingston basically begging Brock to cash in because they want to be doing they want to be able to do it when they're fresh when they're standing on their own two feet when they can actually you know uh give Brock uh, a contest or a match hell Seth knows that he can beat him a la you know WrestleMania this year when he beat him in the first match and curb stomped him we've never seen this situation before and I, and, and I kind of equated it to you know Brock is like jaws he's just circling and you never know when he's going to cash in. And I think never knowing when he's going to cash in helps the WWE because people are going to be morbidly interested to see who and when he's going to cash in. So as a fan, Dreamer, who would you like to see Brock cash in on and why? I would, I mean, both guys would be excellent matches. Kofi versus Brock would be great. As well as Seth. I would say Kofi because it would be... I mean, could you imagine if he goes to cash it in and then Kofi still beats him? That would be an amazing fact. I don't think it would happen. I've already seen him and Seth. I've seen it a couple times, so I would probably like to see him and Kofi. I agree because we've seen Kofi chase for the WWE Championship up until WrestleMania, and, and there are some believe that Kofi captured the excitement of the fans more than Becky did heading into WrestleMania. So uh, I always talk about the chase versus the carry, and uh, people were so emotionally invested in Kofi, you know, chasing Daniel Bryan for that WWE championship. If Brock were to beat Kofi, I believe that people would be just as invested in Kofi chasing Brock as they would be Kofi chasing Daniel Bryan. And that's not very easy to do to have the people that emotionally invested. And that's why I think that they would, uh, they should go with Brock and Kofi and with Kofi being on SmackDown, unless, you know, they're doing the, the wild card rule. I mean, Kofi is like, you know, uh, pretty much on SmackDown. Leading into the Fox deal, I think that's what I'd like to see also. Your thoughts? Yeah. Also, Kofi could get, I feel, more sympathy. You could also have, I mean, there's, think of the matches you could also have with Big E and Brock, a guy who I think is beyond a good wrestler and entertaining. You can have a lot of different situations for Kofi and Brock 
And it's just it's it's new characters as well as when you're going to Fox, you may want to have Brock Lesnar on your new Fox show uh, going after Kofi Kingston. Uh, and then it's a loaded show because you have Kofi, you have Brock, you have Roman, and it'll keep viewers going from Monday storylines to uh, Friday storylines. Uh, so, I, I mean, I like that. By the way, someone put on Twitter that they had uh, six wrestlers uh, part of the wild card uh, on Monday. So they kind of broke that rule just a little bit. Well, they break their rules whenever it's convenient for them. I mean, um, do you like the wild card rule so far? I think they should just get rid of the brand split 100%. And because if you're going to make, you know, it, it's to me, if we try to establish rules, and I know it's sports entertainment, but you, you know, you have been there, I have been there, where the referees have to treat it like it's real, but yet. When management says you can only have four wrestlers go from one side to the other, and then their very next show they have five to six, it would be like, oh, a rope break has to happen at five, and you know somebody chokes somebody out for ten seconds, and the ref just keeps counting, and they don't disqualify that person. It's you got to give us. That's what I feel like with all elite wrestling. They haven't, like I said, disappointed the fans yet. WWE has let their fans down story-wise, storyline-wise, and that's dropping the ball. And, you know, admittingly so, they have admitted it. And that's why All Elite ha is the cool, popular product. And, you know, WWE's, a lot of people sit there and uh, back book, and they, they do stuff like that. You can't say four, and then they give us six. It's little things like that that people are going to be like, hey— you did that. It's, you know, and if I could use this analogy where if you constantly get caught uh, cheating on your girlfriend and then you say, hey, it's the last time I'm going to do it. And then they see another phone number in your phone. Guess what? You're still going to be in trouble and that person ain't going to trust you. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news, they have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. Richard, in Baltimore, you say that AEW is bringing fans back to pro wrestling. Are they bringing you back, buddy? Um, absolutely. I'm 50 years old. I grew up off of NWA, so I like options. You know, I look at WWE from time to time, but when I look at AEW, it brings back that feeling, you know, of watching good wrestling. And just to give you an example, Billy, um, I have two friends about my age they dropped out of wrestling for the last two or three years. They used to watch WWE faithfully. They got turned off about it. They dropped out. One of them, I never told them about AEW because normally they'd be like, ah, I don't want to get back into it. One of them saw the promo on the NBA game and ordered the pay-per-view on his own. The other one, which is a female, she ordered the pay-per-view based off of the Twitter um, communication that um, from Cody Rose that was picked up by Congresswoman, uh, uh, is it Acosta? AOC? Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Cortez, yes. And based on that, 
that Twitter message came on her account, and she was like, hmm, I'm, this might be interesting. And she ordered it. So both of them came back at me without me even knowing that they watched it. And they was talking about the matches, and they ordered it, and how they're looking forward to um, AEW in the fall. So to me, that caught me totally off guard. And that reminded me of what you said, Bully, where McMahon likes to get those uh, fans to come back or those new fans where it seems like AEW is doing the job. Uh, I totally agree, Rich, and thank you for the call. Dreamer, it was really interesting because after Double or Nothing, they had that media scrum, and it was odd seeing Mark Henry in there, but hats off to him for for getting in there and asking some great questions. And the one that caught fire is when Mark asked Cody about, you know, uh, diversity in AEW. And Cody came back with, uh, you know, his answer about, you know, not seeing color and then Brandy having to smarten him up. And, you know, AOC, who is um, a very uh, talked about person in politics these days, you know, actually chimed in on social media and I, that, that's a woman who has like close to 4 million followers who may have never heard of pro wrestling before in their life. And now here she is acknowledging Cody Rhodes in AEW. Uh, do you think that works in their favor with a political person like her uh, acknowledging the product? It works in the favor of somebody, you know, it's always trying to capture the fan that's not a fan slash somebody went away or people who don't watch wrestling. Oh, wow, this person, I have something in common. Let me follow that person. And, you, you know, you never know what doors it could open. You know, look at Tyrus where Tyrus, you know, works on on Fox or it just opens up a whole new audience for a new wrestling company. And, and any new eye on the product is is good. I uh, I totally agree. New eyes are always what you're looking for. And Nick in New York, uh, you were listening to Moxley on the Jericho podcast. And what caught your ear about that, buddy? Well, first of all, thank you for taking the call. Um, you know, I, I listened to that podcast and I was really expecting the uh, CM Punk Colt Cabana uh, podcast right after CM Punk left in, in 2014. And you you kind of get a blend of the of of something out of that podcast and just how handcuffed you know the talent is in the WWE you know i firmly believe you know being a, a wrestling fan my entire life that vince is at the point now that he does not have to adapt to the fans he does not have to adapt to the industry the WWE is not only the industry, but they are also, they feel that the industry has to adapt to them, that ultimately the goal is to get there. So you have to adapt to their product. Um, above and beyond that, it, another thing that really gets me sideways is the fact that I listened to uh, Triple H on a media call before uh, Money in the Bank. And, you know, somebody brought up, you know, AEW obviously is going to be, you know, the, the new kid on the block and, and, and this, that, the other. And he says, you know, being a content provider, I mean, that's what they are. They're a content provider who happens to broadcast professional wrestling. And what I saw this past week in response to the fandom that took place this past weekend with both of, both of WWE shows 
was absolutely horrendous. And all respect to Kofi Kingston. All respect to him. He's a great talent. I don't want my WWE champion coming out to the crowd, launching pancakes in the crowd. I mean, it, it, it's just to the point now where it's gotten so gimmicky, it's not even funny. And when you listen to Moxley open up about, I had so much more to offer, but every week I was exhausted showing up and having to talk to 10 different writers you know, uh, finding Vince, exhausting myself talking to him, and then ultimately giving into Vince's Jedi mind trick, doing it anyway, and then you just feel you feel horrible about it. So for me, I think it's a it's a new day in professional wrestling. I hope WWE for once sees that they actually are not above the industry, and they they do have to adapt to the fans because without their fans, without their talent. There's no WWE. They could they could produce whatever they want on the network. If nobody's buying it, nobody's going to it, it's just not going to be there. Thanks for the call, Nick. Dreamer, what do you think? Do you think AEW will light a uh, fire under the WWE's ass to have them catering to their fan base a little bit better? They have to, but Nick, i got to pose this question to Nick's you. Nick's gone. I know, but he's still listening. All right. Oh, so mean at me. How? That's mean. That's not mean. Well, you want to say mean, I'll give you mean. No, nobody does. You've actually been very nice this entire conation. We haven't yelled at each other. You went two segments before a fat joke. It was been okay, pleasurable. What do you want to say to Nick? How do you tell a 69, 70-year-old man who was just paid $1 billion that he's doing something wrong? I understand from a talent's perspective but when you have the industry, when it's literally you own 99% of the market, how do you do that? It's, it's hard. It really is. Like you said, if fans go other places, that's when they will learn. Hell, if you're a New York Knicks fan, you are the most frustrated fan ever. But you know what? The Knicks always sell out. So why does that owner have to change? Because the Ma- Madison Square Garden is always sold out. I went to a Pistons game, and my fat feet were on the floor, and I paid $44 for a floor seat. If I wanted to do that at Madison Square Garden, it's eight to $11,000, and it's sold out. So how do you tell or how do you promote change? It has to happen this way or fans. And I don't want to see... Bubba, myself, Dave, this show isn't about. We just want to see what's best for us. And even like WrestleMania, think about that. We all had a happy night. Everybody was happy at WrestleMania. You can get to those nights. But, yes, you have to get better. To WWE, they're the winning team because they have a. They just were received a billion dollars. And the one thing that you are wrong, caller, Nick, who is not there, um, if not one fan shows up for WWE at a show, that show will still air. And as long as there's ratings, they could become studio wrestling like how me and Dave grew up watching Georgia Championship Wrestling with four rows of fans, but they're still going to get paid billions of dollars. The only way they don't get paid if their ratings aren't as good and their sponsors leave. But you can't always point the finger at something because guess what he has been the leader or think about how it was 50 something days ago when wrestlemania was 
Think about that. 50 days ago, we were all happy and embracing how much we enjoyed WrestleMania. And it was eight and a half hours long. And those are the moments that I strive for. And that's why I could still be a fan and I could go from business. And I was in John Moxley's point of view. I was John Moxley. I had a wife and two children that I left with no assurances. There was no AEW. There was no nothing. But And I love wrestling. But not everything is like that. But that's also, that's every job. That's also every sport. So, and I know we, we love wrestling so much, and that's why we have these discussions. But there's always two sides to each coin. And so I'm just trying to give you guys another side. And, you know, what you said earlier about events, uh, I got good news and I got bad news for people. Um, and the good news and the bad news is that Vince listens. Vince really does listen. But he listens to the numbers, not everybody on social media. When Vince McMahon sits in the boardroom once a week or once a month and he talks to the head of every single department and he wanted to know how you know his company is doing, the numbers are up. Every once in a while, a number might be down, like the stock is down a little bit right now. But it was as high as like $98 a month ago. He listens to his numbers. And when you have been in business as long as Vince McMahon, you know that the numbers don't lie. And when Fox, a major, major channel, a major network, strokes you a check for $1 million, how are you supposed to say to yourself, I'm doing a bad job? Somebody was just willing to pay me a billion dollars for my product but everybody wants to tell me i'm doing a bad job now as fans we can watch the product and as wrestlers who have been a part of many special things in the wrestling industry we can watch the product and we can sit back and go hey man you are not hitting on all cylinders you're not maximizing your potential and you're not using your talent to the maximum of their ability but Vince would come right back and go, yeah, but they just paid me a billion dollars. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.